This is HPR episode 2456 entitled HPR Community News for December 2017 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 87 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in December 2017. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Today, it's HPR Community News for December 2017 and joining me, as ever, is Dave. How are you, Dave? Hi Ken, I'm fine. Yourself? I am surviving here very well, thank you very much. So, HPR is an internet radio show, a podcast that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. And what differentiates HPR from other podcasts is that we are a crowdsourced from the community, fellow listeners like you. There's no restriction on how long the shows can be or on the topics that they cover, so long as they're not spam and are of interest to hackers. Every so often, we better do that, Dave, just to remind new people what we are and to remind old people that it's time to send in a show. (laughs) Hint, hint. Exactly. This year has been full, Dave. It's all full up and we're ready into the new year. And as we've had no hosts this month, no new hosts this month, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to go through the list of people who have taken their time to contribute in the last year. And starting alphabetically, uh, let's list them in groups of four, Dave. <laughs> it's almost camp. as if we haven't rehearsed this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we rehearsed the, the preparation, but we didn't rehearse the doing. So there's, there's many a slip going to happen, I'm sure. But anyway, on we go. Do you want to go first or shall I? I'll start if you like. So we have in the first four, we have, and it's alphabetically sorted. So the first one begins with an at sign, at Inabina. We have Ahuka, Andrew Conway, and Be Yeezy. Then we have Biza. Bill NFMZ1 Miller, Bitbox, and BJB. Bob Jogman, Brian, another Brian in Ohio, and Christopher M. Hobbs. Then we have Clacke, Claudio Miranda, Clinton Roy, and Cobra 2. Next is Curtis Atkins, who goes by C Prompt with a an up arrow at the end, and some guy called Dave Morris, Dave Yates, and David Whitman. We have Deep Geek, Deep Geek, Do, 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 Omi, Droops, and Epicanus. And we have Eric Duhamel, 5150, Frank Bell, and FTH. We have Geddes, Hannah of Terra of Sol, the HPR Volunteers, and the HPR audiobook club teams we have <clears throat> excuse me we have ironic sodium jezra 
John Culp, J. Rulo. JWP, weirdo name Ken Fallon, Klatu and Knox. Lander, Lost in Bronx, Mirror Shades, name always throws me, sorry, Mirror Shades, Matt King, USA. Miri, Mongo, Mr. X, and NY Bill. Only Half the Time, Operator, Kuvmo, and Reg A. Shane Shannon, Sigflub, Spaceman, and Steve Saner. Swift 110, 110, I think he calls himself. Uh, Taj, Sarah, the Alien Brothers podcast, ABP, and The Dude. The Love Bug. Tony Hughes, a.k.a. Tony H1212. Various hosts and Venom. And last two, Windigo and Zoak. And those are the people who made HBR possible this year. Thank you to each and every one of those people for helping out because without them, there would not have been the 260 shows that met up this year's podcast. Thank you to each and every one of you. Absolutely. I applaud everybody who contributed. It's awesome, isn't it? it, it again, it's, another it's, year. We've gone through another year. Yeah, it's, of, it's, how can it, this thing... Yes. Why doesn't it sink and disappear? And it, it just it keeps going, and it's a wonderful thing. I really love it. Because people send in shows, Dave. That is the only reason it keeps going. People send yeah. in shows. Very, very simple. There will always be some sucker here who will do the background stuff, but so long as we have people sending in shows, we'll be grand. Anyway, this show goes through the shows that were put on last month, and there was a fine selection, a fine selection of shows, starting with Server Basics 102 by Klaatu. Is that a, a US thing? The 101, Class 101, is the very first class and you start with the uh, year one and then zero and the first class? I, do you know, I have no idea. The, the 101, 102 thing is, has occurred lots of times, but I've never actually bothered to go and find out why. Why Why does it start at 100? Why does it go in? Yeah, what, what happened to the other ones? Dave, if there, was only, going on? if there was only a professor out there who worked in the, in fact, a director, perhaps, in a university institution that could answer this burning question for us. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's too much to ask for. <laughs> I don't know who on earth we're calling, but please, please t- pop up and tell us. Anyway, Tlatu was talking about uh, SSH, changing SSH ports, using SSH keys, etc., etc., etc. And 0xF10E said, Yum, what provides? Hi, Tlatu. What's more bothersome about sudo yum what provides asterisk bin uh, s-e-m-n-a-g-e or se manage than searching for all the se linux packages and installing them to maybe get the right tools installed that's a feature i really like about yum so no need to jump through hoops like installing apt file and updating its necessary database i must say yeah i, I was quite impressed with yum and now dnf yeah yeah well Yes, I I don't know. Just I don't know if Apt has the same thing. I used to be an RPM user way back in the midst of time. So yeah, the what provides stuff was back in in uh, the RPM command as well, wasn't it? I'm not sure if mm. Apt does the same. There's a deep DPG DPG minus L and stuff where you can poke around with the the guts of the database. But yeah, it's more complex. Yeah, yeah. but I think. Uh... Probably the later versions of Apt have uh, have improved on that. Maybe Aptitude 
does it? I don't know. There's there's so many layers on on apt. Yeah, they've and recently DP, updated DP. apt itself, so it includes apt search, so you don't have to go apt dash get apt cache search. So it's all wrapped up in the one program called apt now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Okay, following day, HBR volunteers talk about the community news. We mustn't have said anything mind-boggling because nobody commented. We didn't say, say enough for people to disagree with or ask yeah, any questions. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Just trying to avoid these yeah, things. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with some sort of uh, fictitious sort of thing uh, for people to get ruffled about. Um, the next day, we had Interface Zero Playthrough Part 3, and there were four comments on this. This is the uh, Tlatu, Lobath, and Taj uh, Playthrough, the RPG session. And the first comment was from uh, me, where I say, no, what the bananas? Not again with the let's stop here. This is HPR, where there are no limits to how long a show can be. Want to read the next one? <laughs> I'm just wondering if they maybe needed to have a, have, a, have a break of some sort at the end of that. But uh, yeah, this guy, Ken Fallon, says, ignore him. Keep sending in loads of shows. And uh, Jurilla says, is there a link to the free guide you mentioned? I was listening to the show and you talked about the free guide. I was expecting a link to the notes. Where would I find it? It sounds useful. Klatu replies, free guide. Jay Rulo, I'm not sure which free guide you were talking about. We were talking about, but there are two that come to mind. A voucher for a free copy of Pathfinder Rules, which I was offering as a special HPR promotion. As of this writing, I've given them all out, so the giveaway is over. It's All is not lost, however. Number two is Pathfinder is published under the Open Gaming License, so the rules are online for free. The official reference document for Pathfinder is here, and he gives a link. There's another one which has a different interface and integrates more third-party stuff here, and he gives another link. And I had to scroll down there, which meant I had to take my finger off the <laughs> stuck. <laughs> anyway, you don't want to know this. Note, anyone reading this, if anyone reading this comment is brand new to RBG, though, I do highly recommend a beginner set for either D&D or Pathfinder because the beginner sets make character creation really easy and they use a reduced set of rules and just generally help you ease in. You should be able to find a beginner box at your local game store or at an online bookseller. It's worth it, I promise. Mm, nice. Yeah, very cool. Man. So the next day we had GNU Orc, more about loops from Dave the Man Morris. Yes, and there was there were two comments, one of which was mine. Shall I read um, John then? Long <laughs> yeah, comments. Orc okay. part eight. It is strange that people pick up it is strange what people pick up in a tu- tutorial. For instance, I'd never run a program using echo NN pipe dot forward slash program dot arc it's a very handy little construction i even popped the divisor program into my bin and named it is prime just so i can ask echo one nine one three pipe is prime and get the answer it's awful (laughs) it's often the little off-the-cuff details that catch attention Thanks. So I said, thanks, Ron. I'm glad you found something of interest in the episode. This is really a Unix thing. The echo command writes to std out by default. and Which is uh, standard out for those of you. Standard out, yes. Who yes. are not going down to a clinic. <laughs> yes. And Orc, reads, and, and Orc reads from, no, 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 it's not std. Standard in, okay, okay. Unless you tell it otherwise. So joining the two like that in a pipeline, as it's called, achieves a useful result very simply. So yeah, uh, thank I use you. that 
all the time. It's so wonderful. When I worked on VMS, we had VMS as our main system, and we had a few Unix boxes. It's so frustrating to go to the command line on VMS where you did not have that sort of pipe kit. You had to save stuff in a file and then pick it up from the file and so on. Oh, dear. They added it later because it must have been nagged so much, but uh, uh, they're about the same age, uh, VMS and Unix, but they never thought to do that sort of thing, and it's wonderful. Anyway. The following day was Lost in Bronx with internal logic of stories. Talk about stories and story consistency. Uh, Two of the examples he gave was start Trek's warp drive and star jump concept. I was well, enthralled yes. with this episode. Yes. Wow. Yes. And he's he's really the guy to to talk about this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's obvious when he says says what he said, but it's uh, you know it's not necessarily a thing you would you would think about too much unless you were considering the structure of stories or you wanted to write something yourself. I guess. Yeah. Now I've been struggling with a few ideas for a science fiction story. One of them I threw out because Lost in Bronx went and did his own show that was a hundred times better than mine. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) But when you start thinking about it and you go, and this internal consistency, I was thinking, right, I want to write a story where they, um, uh, where very little changes, like everything has to be plausible. Everything has to be, um, you know, it has to be actual physics so how do you how do you deal with that and i was thinking okay genetically splicing in that thing from the toads where you can freeze people so making long-term space travel actually a thing but then how would that work in your story and then i was thinking okay well if everybody goes to sleep for 100 years and then you exchange you come awake for a day and then you go to sleep again for 100 years and then you awake for a day then you have yesterday's messages coming in from ships that are going different distances and stuff so you could maybe do long-term travel there but then oh i just get a headache and more and more awake (laughs) instead of trying the whole purpose was to try and get me to sleep but i was thinking god how do you actually write out these stories that would that would actually be a good show just to get more of this type of thing long story short love the show wish lost in bronx could do more about that yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating having an insight into into these these sort of concepts. And as I said, he's somebody who's thought a lot about this. And you have to, of course, maintain consistency in every story that you do or every series. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Even though you you might want to embellish what you've thought of earlier when you come up with a better idea, you've got to be quite careful about uh, doing that uh, or how you do it or not doing it at yeah, all. Exactly, exactly. Okay, the following day, uh, how to save bad beans. Or the French Pest. And it was by Cobra 2. And I use a French Pest all the time. And he makes a perfect cup of coffee. And that was the day as well that we had the memorial sent in by uh, Claudio M. Uh, for Lord D. who had passed away a year before. It's hard to think it was just a year. It's, it doesn't seem like a, like a whole year has gone by. No, very, uh, very poignant. But the episode itself uh, was... It's quite good. I'll use uh, coffee beans uh, or I use a French press all the time. Well, I I was listening to this and I I certainly, um, I use French press a lot. I've got a a, a litre one, which is metal and is, um, you know, sort of a, uh, keeps keeps coffee hot afterwards. And um, I'm not sure I agree that pre-ground coffee is inherently poor, which is what I thought he was saying. However... 
in the it, since I listened to that, I was thinking more about it. I've got my son's uh, burr grinder here because he's away at the moment, and I thought, oh, I'll, I've not bothered to to open it or use it or anything. So I thought I'll give it a shot. And uh, having made coffee with pre ground stuff, and then did that, and and Cobra Two is completely right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so yes, it proved his point wonderfully. I thought. So the next day we had Server Basics 103 and Firewalls filled. Did we not have a, a comment or two on that one? <laughs> oh, we did, too, in actual fact. Sorry about that. Clatu says coffee. Of course it would be Clatu. Uh, coffee. I have to admit, most coffee I come across in New Zealand is so amazingly good that there's a part of me that risks the really bad coffee of my youth. Dripping coffee that's been sitting on the burner for two hours or the percolated coffee that's steeped in itself for 45 minutes. The bad petrol station coffee that you have to dump all kinds of flavor into it to manage to drink it. The plunger makes a big difference, though. For the record, I do not use a plastic plunger. I found a nice metal one, and it's super durable and really good. Go off and make some good coffee. Cobra 2 replies, coffee, I enjoy that cup. I myself am steeping some coffee as I write this on tiny screen mere feet away from a real keyboard. I've found over the years that once you move to a French press, it's really hard to go back to a drip coffee maker. I never had the stomach for diner coffee. And in all fairness, I never appreciated coffee until leaving the deep south of the Great White North, for the Great White North, mostly due to everything being bad coffee. Interesting. Everything being bad coffee in the south or in the north? South, I would imagine, he, he meant. Yeah. Yeah. The, is he they talking about the sort of thing where you you put coffee in a in a filter and let water drip through it and yeah, catch it in the bottom yeah. and keep it hot on on a plate forever because we had one just, of those at yeah. work and and, it, and you'd leave it people would leave the coffee in there for an hour or two by god it was incredibly awful at the time it stewed for a while there. and then you uh, don't clean out the bottom thing and you just put in more at the top uh, <laughs> yes that's the, that's the key there when it's baked on the bottom of the, of yeah, the glass you container. just throw more water in at the back and squeeze out more <laughs> oh, and there, yes. yes I can taste it now yep. okay server basics 103 it's almost like we've been here before firewalls and fail to ban uh, X1101 says, Tlatu, I'm moving my comments to the comment thread so people can see respond as well. Thank you for your continued effort in demystifying the mystic arts. I feel like this set will be a good resource for onboarding people interested in going from I use Linux to I manage Linux servers. Yeah, cool. He's quite right. Cool. Uh, yes, the only thing about fail to ban is that yeah, it's a good idea. Um, but and I think he also mentioned it, that it takes a, it can take a half an hour or so to pick up on the fact that you've been bombarded. By which time, a half an hour has gone past. Yeah, yeah. We 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 ran it at my work for a little while, but I think we we moved on to to more expensive <laughs> and sophisticated things to to do that type of stuff. But ideal for the home enthusiast. I yeah, reckon. yeah, yeah. For if you're running just your own small server, then that's a, a great solution. So the sound of Woodwook Quaker Study Centre in the spring. This will be in our Soundscapes series, Dave, if we ever had one. We should we should make one. Oh, and we also have that uh, request to make one for um a hookah's, Yeah, um, a hookah made a suggestion as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, to do, to do, to do. Uh, STL Sean says, peaceful. 
I have the habit of studying in the back room of my house with the only hum of a fan and some music in the background. I enjoy putting this on loop while I was trying to trudge through a very book on learning, very dry book on learning Linux. That reminds me, I should do an episode on more mature adults seeking their first degree. Maybe, I don't know. I've never done anything like recording, uh, audio recording, but I have never attended a college before last year either. Yeah, that's, uh, that translates as a, uh, owe me a show one, don't you think, there? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, STL, STL show yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Shall I make uh, the it, account now? <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like something that would be very, very interesting to listen to, though, I have to say. It's, uh, it's always good to know how people deal with, with learning things, because... And oh, it gets very more difficult so. as you get older too. And you know, it's that would be fascinating. I'm sure there'd be many of us that would be most interested in hearing his his journey. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> Tony Hughes replies to Sean saying, Thanks for the comment. I'm glad you found it helpful in your studying. Linux books can be quite dry and daunting with all the unfamiliar language when you're first starting, but worth persevering with. You don't need any special skills to record a show, just a digital audio recorder or PC, phone, tablet, etc. And the ability to send that audio file to HBR via the net. All the rest can be taken care of by the wonderful team of volunteers who do such a great job with little recognition. As Ken and Dave often say, you know, I was a show. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Yes. Actually, you can also uh, physically put it on a USB stick and mail it to me if you want. And I would like to thank Kivnu, who sent me a postcard. Oh, nice. Very Let's nice. All the way from Ida- in Idaho. Absolutely awesome. And I'll yeah. uh, be sending him back a postcard as well from beautiful wherever it is that I am. All you hackers out there, see if you can <laughs> send me a postcard. Ah, yes. There's a challenge. Not a really very difficult challenge, to be told. But yeah. Anyway, the following day we had... PD menu. I have been using this tool for over a year now and I really like it. I love this, Dave. And I was looking for this. I used to do loads of these in uh, in Bash. I had a Ken's multipurpose super disk, which is right up there, that you put into a DOS computer, put a DOS menu up, and then you follow the things. And technicians could basically blow machines away at the weekend, load them from the network, Pixie Boot, and all the rest before there was stuff like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Mm, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's old school, but good stuff. I I I do believe. I'm sure many people would find it find it useful. Because I was thinking, right, on the Raspberry Pi display, you know, one of those three line jobs, and uh, have that menu come up, and a potentiometer with a clicky thing on it that you can scroll down, click, scroll down, click. Right there, you've got the 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 uh, the basis for a audio, um, you know, a player or something or an internet radio station. Ooh, or I like that. I like you that. Know, some sort yes. of. I think, yeah, and that's the thing about that's the thing about working, or you know, when you get interested in Linux, yeah, you know, all these programs that are like from twenty years ago, and people go, oh no, we've moved on. Everybody's got a four G graphic card with a you know flaming Timotron on it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got these small little screens and small PCs, and you can dust off one of these programs, and suddenly you've got an interface that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I just bought a. Um a small, very, very tiny screen to go with the Raspberry Pi. It's about the size of a um, Pi Zero, and it, I don't know. I've not not powered it up yet. Not 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 soldered the headers on it yet. But uh, it's um, 
It's one of these persistent white ones. So it'd be great for oh, that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, all that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've given me a good idea now. That's definitely going to get done. That's a show, Dave, if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, Breezy yeah. said, need to give this a try. Great show as always. I have a few, I have a few command line access and programs I've written using YAD that would be great to group together into a menu. I'll check out PD menu for this. Thanks. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Be easy. I've, I should have answered in the comments actually, but uh, I completely forgot. But yeah, well, good luck. I hope you hope you uh, do get to use it and enjoy it. Then we had Interface Zero Playthrough Part Four, and the following day after that, we had Information Underground Backward Capitalism. To which Frank says, and you can do this one. You're too quick for me, Ken. I'm, too, I'm all right. But if too you didn't say you. anything, from saying <laughs> silence would have get this out, and nobody would know the difference. Dave. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. You let yourself down every I, time. I, I just, I just don't care. But anyway, yes, Frank says, "Well done, a fascinating and timely discussion." So yes, it, it was an interesting, interesting yes. discussion. It was. It was nice. I, um, I'm liking, I'm liking. Uh, Discussions like this, you know, the whole point of HBR originally when they were um, discussing it back in Radio Freak America days was exactly this, a roundtable discussing uh, political, you know, political topics. So true to our roots, this is what this is. I've been thinking about the universal social income as a concept recently. They've been trying it out here in the Netherlands as well. I'm interested to see how that would pan out and how human nature would probably turn it into something different than people think uh, is is that uh, a sort of guaranteed income for, for yeah so instead type, type of, of concept? Uh, yeah exactly regardless of who you are um your status no means test everybody gets a flat income you know sufficient to uh to put a roof over your head and food on the table so regardless of who you are so then there's no applying for you know, this benefit or that benefit or the next benefit or, or whatever. And there's no danger that if you do go into work uh, for additional money, that your benefits will be taken away from you so that you actually end up, you know, bringing in less than you would have if you were claiming all the benefits. So, um, wow. they, they say, very advanced. Yeah, it is, but that's, it's not as freaky. Amazing. I mean, it actually, uh, costs savings from governmental control because there's less, there's less bureaucracy involved in it um and they they also see that people tend to work 10 percent less which is basically half half a day a week less but people still do go into work but it pays you know people if you're artistic or whatever that you can you know just take the time off and you're not going to starve you know you're not going to have a great life on that uh on that sort of income but you're you can f- continue to do whatever it is that you want to do. That'll be an interesting one. You, you've got a springboard to move on to to better things as well, haven't you? Yeah, Guaranteed you, springboard. It's it's yeah. Wow, it's, that's yeah. I never thought I'd see see that happen. Have you read um, Cory Doctorow's Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom? No, no, I have not. That's <clears throat> he he is sort of putting forward the view that. The future will will consist of something like that, where the the thing that people work for is not money, but to be sort of kudos. Yes, uh, woofies, it's called. But uh, yeah, but that seems to be a ro- start of that that road in some some respect. But, I, yes. I would hope so. However, looking back at history, which we should always do, you know, and uh, serfdom and all the rest, one, <laughs> I'm not I'm not as happy at predicting the predicting how well it could turn out no 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 no. no. 
no, I, I need better minds than mine to understand the, how it will ramify in the future. But uh, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing thought. I didn't know that. I think I better move. Actually, I'm in the wrong country. Well, actually, I think it's been running in uh, in Finland for a while. So mm. there are pilots around the around the globe at the minute to see. But we'll see. See what happens. Anyway, Git server and Git hooks. This one is very interesting to me, especially Dave, because of our current approach to uh, publishing shows. Yes, yes, yes. The, I well, oh, better point? better tell people what it was about. It, yes. When you check in stuff into a branch show in Git or a particular thing, you can have that that act trigger something else happening, and that might be sending an email or running a set of test tools or something else. So the simple act of checking something in can start a chain reaction. And that could, in fact, be how we do quite a lot of things, Dave. How we could we could actually drive a lot of the workflow on HPR by something as simple as that. True, 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 yes. Um, a sort of trigger-based mechanism. Yes. Uh, it sound, sounds good, yeah. I, I knew about this, but I've never really delved into it. Um, I did one of those things several years ago that uh, somebody was mentioning earlier on this evening, but uh, reading dry books, and I sat down and trying to read the, the Git manual. Oh, wow. God, will somebody please do a few series on Git, please. It's so hard to read. Uh, I cannot, <laughs> my mind just cannot get it, but I have four commands that are run one after the other, and that seems to work, but I have no idea what about branching and about whatever, and Katu talks about it, but it's still not coming through. Anyway, the following day. No, the, the full picture is hard to hard to get. But, uh, yeah, a great show. I, I wanted to say that I'd found it very, very interesting indeed, and uh, um, motivated to to dig dig deeper now. Okay, and Kevin O'Brien has just emailed me now to say we still have the same error uploading, which is not good. Okay, uh, indeed, it is not good. Hi, Kevin. Hi. <laughs> Speak of the uh, of the hacker, and they will appear. Yes, uh, I didn't think it would. Uh, that I didn't think that issue would be fixed by changing the permissions because I had already uploaded before. But I'll have a look and see what it is. Is it related to the file size or is it related to something else? Yeah, I didn't think the file size was unusual. I mean, I upload flack, you know. My- yeah, I don't know what it is. I really don't. Anyway, but I'll uh, I have all day tomorrow on the on the New Year show to <laughs> to play with it. Happy New Year. You too. Are you going to stick around? Yeah. Okay, you know where the links are? Um, I'll, put, no. I'll paste them into the chat. Hold on one second. Okay. There you go. And we're talking about uh, HPR 2447, Server Basics 104, OpenVPN. And uh, I asked Tlatu, does he have any show notes to go along with that? Because as yes. it happens, I've uh, Guy and Work has asked me about setting that up. That would be cool to have. Yes, yes. Uh, shall I read Clatu's comment? He says, uh, show notes. I do intend to write some notes on this topic. I have no useful links. This episode exists because I can't find a how-to online that's any good. They all presume the reader is familiar with how a certificate infrastructure works, or they assume the reader knows all about the network, all about network routing and so forth. So for now, the audio version of the show notes are embedded in the OG file. Eventually, I'll write something up. Ideally, I'll write down the entire service series. So that would be good if you Is did that, that. The audio <laughs> version of the show notes are embedded in the OG file. Mean, does that mean 
go listen to the show and uh, <laughs> write the show notes yourself. <laughs> it did feel like it feels a, a little like bit a like that, yeah. Tiny bit of circumlocution to say, just listen. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, following day 2448, useful bash functions, part three. This time it's personal. <laughs> and STL Sean says, fascinating. I worked with DOS. And uh, by the way, this was uh, your show where you were going read value, check value, read and check value. Some interesting, and there are, as always with all your shows, to be told, Dave, you have excellent show notes with excellent examples to work through. Thank you. So, and some of these I would actually use. Well, that was the goal, really. I, these are things I've wrote from, written for myself, and uh, I just thought, well, share them and talk about them, and uh, maybe somebody will get some benefit from them. But uh, hopefully, they hopefully they will. That set uh, space minus x is quite useful, actually. Yes, you get a cascade of stuff when you when you do it, but it, it's it's really powerful and useful stuff. You know, you can also run that on the command line going bash space dash x and then the name of your script, and it'll mm-hmm. run at the same as well. Yes, yes, yes. There's all sorts of different ways of setting those those options. Um, in fact, there's loads and loads of them, and I'm hesitating whether I want to dig deep into them. <laughs> I might do one day when I've run out of show ideas. Yes, exactly, when that happy day arrives. Uh, STL Sean says, I've been working I've worked with DOS and Windows for 25 years now. The only Unix experience was with a phone system and hotel system, which I administrated through a step-by-step procedure. I am now starting to learn a bit more command line Linux as I have started playing with the Raspberry Tri computer and switched a couple of laptops to Xubuntu and Mint XFCE. As you probably guessed, A lot of the show went over my head, but it's fascinating to hear the possibilities for automation that are available if if I could learn more bash commands. This series has been very helpful to me in developing a desire to learn more and find things I could try to automate. Thank you very much for your hard work, Sean. And I said, thanks, Sean. I'm glad you found it interesting and hope this series proves to be useful to you. I plan to do more shows on bash functions and bash features in general in the future. Do you want to uh, read some, Kevin, or do you want to play along, or are you just sitting in for the... Okay, I'll do the next one. Mike Ray says, Bash shows. Keep it coming, Dave. I do a lot of Bash program, mostly because I work on the assumption that if uh, I need to type the same complex command line more than twice, it should be a script to cut down on typing, try and remember stuff, and to cut out errors. I don't enjoy Bash programming very much, mostly because I hate not being able to do use a normal... Uh, language constructs like results equal function open bracket arguments close fun- close brackets so the more tips and ideas from somebody else who faces the same question the better so i said thanks mike glad these are turning out to be useful i've always been fascinated by what i guess can be called command languages i've worked with the george operating system that had a fairly basic one vms which had DCL digital command language, which grew to be fairly sophisticated during my time using it. However, in comparison, I find Bash to be considerably more sophisticated, still not a true language with features like those you describe, but nevertheless worth working with, I think. It's this that motivates me to describe what can be done with Bash, and I amuse myself trying to do things that stretch my imagination a bit, smiley face. And Mike replied, Bash underscore rematch. How about some shows about the various built-in variables? I have made use of bash underscore rematch 
dollar sign excluded because I assume it'll break something. But I assumed that there are more that I have missed. My reply was a great suggestion. On my list of future bash topics, I have regular expressions quite near the top. That episode would include bash rematch, of course. I've mentioned one or two of the other bash variables in passing, such as funk name, F-U-N-C name, but there are many more. Thanks for the feedback. By the way, with our new comment system, we strip HTML, but take measures to try and ensure all other ASCII characters pass through unhindered. So dollar signs, and I included a dollar just to prove it, shouldn't be a problem. Yes, it's actually, I know it was a pain in the buttocks to do, but I'm quite happy with the way the bash, or with the uh, comment system as it's turned out. Yes, it's, it, it, we had to, yes, we, we, we sweat blood a little bit getting that together, but it seems to be pretty robust, he says, touching wood. But, uh, yeah, looking good. Indeed. And I should actually put at the bottom of the comments section, just before it says leave a comment, uh, a repeat of the first, previous, and next button bar. What do you think? That useful? would be nice because it would be easier to, to navigate once you'd scroll through the comments. Yeah, exactly. For sure, yeah. Org mode, mobile solution. My search for taking org org mode on the road. Brian in Ohio. A very, very nice little show. Pie top, pocket chip. Never uh, never considered that. Uh, Raspberry Pi tablet and an Android phone. And eventually settles on uh, an Android phone, I think. Yes, yes. He's he's an impressive guy. He goes to considerable length to, to get where he wants yeah, to be. He, yeah, he is. <laughs> and I, he's uh, documented it well, too. Uh, excellent show. And I went and installed Hacker's Keyboard as I was listening to that show. And it is much better. Oh, my God. You should not be using anything else on an Android phone than Hacker's Keyboard. It is brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I think my son told me that. I don't think I've got it on this particular phone. But, yeah, yeah, I did use it for Uh, a while. It's going to be the first thing I install on any, any phone. It's just so much better. Turn into landscape and you get tab and up arrow and the... It's awesome. And even in portrait, it's, it's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Well, we, we certainly learned a lot from, from uh, uh, Brian in Ohio's show here. Then. I, was, uh, I was tempted to get one of those pocket chips, but uh, yeah, a bit expensive, but still. And then the pie top, oh, there seems, yeah, tempted, tempted, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to get one of those docking things that look like a laptop but you can you can actually put a raspberry pi dock a raspberry pi into it and yeah. you're putting some other portable device in i can't remember but they're so expensive on ebay yeah, now they're yeah, yeah, 100 yeah. Plus, plus pounds now because people want them so. yeah exactly and then uh, yeah so uh, android 4 and viper 4 android magics by operator yes this was to improve audio um by methods I didn't fully oh, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite get this. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. But it required all sorts of root, and uh, yeah, to be honest, I think my ears are gone so bad that uh, I couldn't couldn't be bothered with this. No, but, uh, no. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm sure I, this is one of the that only applies to me now. But I'm sure there's somebody out there going, "Yes, thank you very much." But yes. um, Exactly, uh, it was, yes. uh, it was, but it was down to um, that under Windows it played fine, but under Android it was crippled. Was, was that the was that the deal with this? Because I followed one of the links into this, and there was a, a chap had a had a video about it, and went through doing all the uh, coding that they did to get this actually work. 
I didn't dig that deeply. I did did follow the links, but I didn't get that deep with it, so I'm not yeah. sure. Server Basics 105 was open VPN client. Also without show notes. <laughs> Tattoo. <laughs> the show notes are in the WAV file. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> so uh, someday I'm bored, I'll write down the show notes for that. But I actually need to do this as well. So um, yeah. And the, the reason I need to do it is because my uh, because of a bug, which I might do a show on. But we will carry on, possibly. So the following day, we had a hydraulic heavy scale project, uh, episode 2452, a hydraulic jack mod DIY travel trailer balance. Never have thought of this as a uh, show that we would have, but I'm exceedingly glad that we did get it. Yes, I was telling. Yes, it was most interesting, I thought. Go on, Kevin. Well, my wife and I um, are looking in a few years to retire, and we were thinking of getting some kind of a recreational vehicle, trailer, what have you. As I dig into it, a lot of revolves around understanding the weight distribution and the things that David was talking about. It was uh, very useful for me. So there were uh, two comments on that uh, episode. The first was from me, Retriever Dog Training. He made a comment in the show that the reason that they were doing this was that they were retriever dog training, but, quote, nobody on HBR would be interested in a show on retriever dog training, to which I replied, seriously, I don't think anyone will be interested in retriever dog training. I guess there'll be a show, I guess we'll not be doing a show about that. Seriously, words fail me. Also, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) SDL Sean said, would love dog training. We'd love a show on retriever training. That would be so interesting. I think diversity is needed a bit. I mean, people are submitting great and wonderful tech, gaming, and discussion shows, but some some rather off the off the wall stuff would be wonderful. Dog the wall, but uh, yeah, off the wall. And he's, I, I absolutely agree. I think that would be wonderful to, to hear, hear other insights into into what people are doing. It's has, brilliant. Has the fa- the popularity of person swimming down a river in France not inspired you to do this show come on guys (sighs) seriously yeah yeah we we need somewhere where it's easy to find a list of all the weird and wonderful topics we've had on on HBO in the past is that the would that be the soundscape one yeah I guess yeah because I do remember that one oh yeah yeah he clipped he put a Sansa clip into his into his woolly hat and he was swimming wearing a a wetsuit or something swimming down the, down a river, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But we also uh, with these uh, with that car hydraulic thing and all the shows John Culp has done on his car, we could be doing a uh, motor, uh, you know, a vehicle thing. And did you know that uh, our own Pokey is a uh, auto mechanic? So I expect mm. a lot of shows from them. Possibly a year late, but interesting. Yeah, well, I think it's it would be a brilliant brilliant subject to to have more of it's it's interesting to it's all about problem solving and and stuff yeah, isn't absolutely. it absolutely i was fascinated by this one because i didn't realize uh how accessible a bottle jack would be uh, i thought it would just be one sort of welded shut unit not not a thing that could be dismantled and uh did you look at the um youtube oh, of uh, course i did dave yes. wasn't that interesting yes it was i'd like i'd like to know how the hell you tap the um the thread in the bit that you you've drilled into the the uh, the sort of cylinder area, but uh, I'd like there to see are, uh, how soft. that's done. You screw in a, a screw, and then there's um 
Have you ever seen a self-tap device at all? Well, apart from self-tapping screws, no. Well, if you if you think of like it's a bolt, yeah, and on the north, south, east, and west pole, you cut uh, water out so that there's uh, eight little pieces. So there's four pieces that have still got thread on it, and four pieces oh, that they've got a gap. I know what you gap. mean. I know what you mean. And yes, then you yes. uh, you have a like a socket that you put over the top, and you screw that in. So there are various different sizes. So you. You drill a hole, maybe six millimeter or something, uh, adjust to imperial as applied. So your six millimeter one, the first one that you go in is almost six millimeters, but it's just the bare hint of a thread. So you screw that in and it has the bare hint of a thread going in. And that's enough to put in the next one, which has more a cutting tooth on the blade. And as you, as you put that in, that cuts into the metal and you go increasingly from uh more aggressive ones to uh to, from smaller ones to more aggressive ones and you need to make sure to uh lubricate it as well with um you can get you know aerosol cans of lubrication spray or there's mm-hmm. lubrication yeah, grease yeah. and you've got to be careful of the the swarf that, that comes off as you cut as well absolutely and the, oh, I mean, no. the worst part the most difficult part is keeping it straight for that initial, initial oh yeah 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 because i've used a tap we were taught how to use taps and dies at school, but they, they were the sort of long tapered style, which I couldn't imagine how you could use something like that in with very little clearance. So, uh, yeah. 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 I think you Good. can even uh, rent uh, tap sets from, you know, the big DIY short st- stores. At least you can mm-hmm. here, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, yes, mechanical engineering uh, back in the day, being a mechanical engineer myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left the trade because I still want to maintain the number of digits I have on my hand. <laughs> uh, there's many, it's many a line of work. It's, that could, that could, it's uh, very important to them. know your uh, your limits and boundaries. It's one thing to reboot a server accidentally; it's another thing to leave your digits some behind you. Yes, having cut the end of my finger nearly two years ago, three years ago, uh, cutting up a sweet potato. Uh, yeah. Okay. Any uh, any line of work could could potentially threaten them, and little pinkies. The following day, various ways of deleting and undeleting on the command line using GNU Readline. I, I GNU Readline seems to me like a very odd. It's like a program, but it's actually just the thing built into Bash. Well, it's 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 a library that you can build into all sorts of stuff. Um, but it is definitely built into Bash. Um, I think I said in the, the talk, it's in, if you're sitting there chatting to MySQL, then the thing you're talking through is, uh, is a read line. So, yeah, you cool. know, all the, there's history, there's all of the key sequences work, etc. So. so the Alien Brother podcast, season one, episode zero two, Strictly Hacking, Casper and Ruther discuss the Uber hacks and the Intel me known and unknown vulnerabilities. And there was one comment on this from a trucker rich. Delivery and content. The two of you came across as arrogant and I feel you tried to hijack the HBR audience. I'm not, quote, your listener, quote, I'm a regular HBR listener. And it's pretty apparent that neither of you have listened for any length of time. If you had, then you would have heard Tlatu a hundred times or more. You would understand what is meant by open source and free software for this community, and you would have realized that most hosts are just F asterisk asterisk smart or smarter than you claim to be. That being said, 
I'd appreciate some of the topics that you have touched upon. You could do a whole show on the Bali uh, Astrocade instead of just a brief diversion. And the Hawaii background and info could be another show. Thanks. Anyway, thanks for contributing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Um... Well, they, they, I think I need to quote uh, Metallica here. You know, who's the first time here? Yay! And everybody goes boo. Yeah. And he always well, goes, they well, they're here now. something in the podcast that indicated that they had no idea who Klaatu was. Yeah, uh, well. Which makes me think, okay, you don't listen to Hacker Pub. Well, not in the last month, anyway, because Klaatu's been carrying the show more. for the last two months, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, they, they weren't sure whether Klaatu was a man or a woman. <laughs> so. Okay, yeah. But there is no requirement that the people who host on the network listen to the network, guys. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, there is no requirement on that whatsoever. And I wouldn't have phrased my comment the way Trucker Rich, but I was thinking of posting something that said, hey, you know, if you want to get to know Clat 2, just listen to Hacker Public Radio and you will. Yep. To, be, to, give them, to give them their due, though, they did, uh, I assume they recorded this in, in chunks or something, because they did come back later on and say... Uh, that they checked him out and had listened to or at least looked at his New World Order uh, right. website and stuff. So, you know, they they seem to be learning on the job, as it were. Yes, and, uh, but you have to also remember that these guys could very well be pulling your leg here that they have been listening to for the last 12 years. And then these personas mm-hmm. that are doing the show, it would not I wouldn't put it past either either of them to be uh, to be pulling our legs, guys. Uh, so yeah. anyway, the fact is they're here now. They're doing very interesting shows, and it was as, a good show. Yeah, yeah, so I enjoyed it. More yeah, I enjoyed it too. It's a bit. It was long. <laughs> I thought, oh no, I can't listen to all this, but I did, and I enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, thanks, guys. The following day, we had Interface Zero RPG Part Five, the finale. Yes. To which I replied. Guys, you're wasting shows. You could have split this in two. <laughs> you can't please everyone. You can't please everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. And then the way it follows on from the previous comment about, oh, you stopped too early. It's, uh, it was very good. Well done. Glatu says he forgot a link and, uh, get, and handed in the link through the comments. I just replied to him today because I thought he'd... He deserved something if he didn't notice I that put the link into the show with an editor's note and uh, did point out that uh, he could send it in through admin at Hacker Public Radio. Yeah, um, we can do that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whichever, whichever. But uh, it's, 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 if he was thinking that in the comments would, would, be, would get to people, I was just pointing out that on archive.org we're not propagating the comments. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's why. I, <laughs> I did say that, yeah, yeah. So that's that's going to be an interesting challenge. Yeah, and there's more because I'm now looking at um, when I search for Hacker Public Radio on Bing and other search engines, um, archive.org is coming up first, but Hacker Public Radio is not coming up first. There are other sites like um, Media Cloud or something that are taking the feed and just publishing it. So um, I think a lot of people might be missing the the sources but yeah fine i mean it's the license allows that i'm not i'm not complaining about it but i'm also saying like we're not getting um you might can get the footfall on the on the um comments which we may need to address in the fullness of time indeed indeed yeah more more to think about 
And that, Dave, was it? Yes, that, that was it. In that was it for the year, in actual fact. Quite a, quite a year. It was a good year. Mm-hmm. We had your series on uh, healthcare. Must thank you for that. that yeah. Was, and, that was uh, awesome. I, I just uploaded uh, one more in that series. Well, try to. <laughs> Whether it made it is another question entirely. But, well, uh... <laughs> I have the links in the show notes to all of them, so I'll deal with that tomorrow. But I'm going to... Uh... Yeah. Going to do some investigation. Oh yeah, let's go through the um no 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 the open issues. We've had a few open issues uh, over the last month. Josh made made a very valid point that we should be using the GitLab more. Um, so instead of uh communicating, Dave and I quite often communicated on issues just an email to ourselves or copied Josh in on it. But uh, tracking it on the GitLab is actually proving quite uh, useful. I think for everything. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm happy to to use that as a as a vehicle, and it means you actually you have things that are marked as open and closed and stuff, so things are less likely to get forgotten. And also, people can follow along. Uh, so, for example, uh, Kevin's one I've opened as GitLab issue 35. You don't have permission to access upload form, and Josh commented on that. So, I'm going to do some more testing with the uploading to see what is it about mm-hmm. this show that is. Um, yeah, but if Josh was able to upload it. It's, it seems very strange. I'm, I'm trying to find some uniqueness in that, but um, yeah, then yeah, we some have sort of some sort of random interference type factor going on there. It seems like yeah, yeah. I don't know because we've had that before. With it seemed to be linked to the file size, and then so, but with this show, I've in, uploaded a show without problems before. Uh, you know, smaller and larger. Mm-hmm. And then I uploaded this, and this didn't go through. So I thought, okay, maybe it's something to do with the file. But the changing permission on the upload form that doesn't make a lot of sense because we've I haven't changed it because I can see that in Git, and it's the same right. MD5 hash, and it's always had that permissions, and now it's not working. But it could be permissions, perhaps, to the upload folder. So I'm going to uh, yeah. I'm going to take the two PHP files and basically just put in lots of comments and see exactly where it's breaking. But the problem is, it's not consistently breaking for me. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I can tell you that I'm not doing anything different from what I was doing earlier in the year. Yeah, I didn't doubt it. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I have no. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's just an interesting one. And it's another thing that we need to fix. But, you know, again, if people are having problems uploading, contact admin at hackerpublicradio.org and we will not see you uh See, we will get some other way. You can always, uh, I now have a copy of the uh, the files from uh, Kevin and I have the show notes, so I can always just put them into the database and post them myself. So it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because I want to make sure that we do get shows uploaded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, another, I'm probably going to uplo- uh, record another one. So, yeah, exactly. Don't let that stop you from, from continuing to record. No, and stuff. no, no. I can always just, you know, record a show or thing onto them. Cool. Um, so other open issues we have the internet archive media files are missing their media tags um, which we have now identified a workaround and that workaround is Dave well <clears throat> the situation is that we upload the the WAV file to um, the internet archive and we've been doing this ever since we started doing this process and what happens once it gets there is that the their software uh, turns it into what they call derived files. So it creates org and mp3 and flag and so forth. But in doing so, it does not propagate the tags. I wrote to them and said, 
your thing's not propagating the tags. And they said, no, we know that's, that's, the, way, <laughs> that's obviously the way they've designed it. But, uh, By it design, doesn't. yeah. Yes, they just said no. It doesn't. So, so or something to that effect. I put the put it into the the, uh, the log on the um, the issue. So, what we're going to do is we're going to create all the the necessary files ourselves, which means we're creating versions specifically for archive.org because they've got the the uh, the acknowledgement of archive.org in the audio, and uh, we're going to post those ourselves. We did a little test to prove that that would work, and it did. So that will mean that they will all have the tags. So I've got the software ready to do it. So we just need to get our workflow to uh, yeah. And I've modified the <coughs> I've modified the uh, workflow so that it also produces um, yeah the MP3 org and speaks. And I'm also throwing Opus into the mix as well, so we can have an Opus file. Cool. There is the issue of perhaps going back through some or all the stuff that's oh. uploaded and uh, and doing the same with them. Um, yeah, and um, also was discussing with you: should we also put up the original file as well, so the unedited file in whatever format that happens to be? Yeah, yeah. Don't see why not, because then that would actually be very handy for us. Because if we go to another platform, we can just take down the original file and. Uh, we will have it there for ever and a day, and it will be by definition the best version of the file that we had because that's the one we derived everything from. Yes, yes, yes. Well, absolutely. Yeah. If they allow well, us should, to do it, we should we should do that if if we're allowed to. I don't know that we we would be stopped, but maybe they have limits that uh, that, that they don't make public. I don't know, but uh, we shall find them. Like everything else indeed. with Internet Archive, we, <laughs> indeed. We, we push the boundaries. And I would just like to say here and now that it is absolutely awesome to click on a link uh, to the Internet Archive um, page and see how nicely everything is laid out, Dave, largely to you. Everything is consistent. Everything looks great. Um, embedded images, links to uh, full show notes. It's brilliant what you've managed to do over there. You really deserve a pat on the back for that. Brilliant oh. work. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been something I've wanted to get working ever since I started doing this project, but uh, it's only within the past few months that I've actually managed to uh, to, to uh, get the, get the software to do it because it involves horrible things like reading through the notes to find it if they refer to any other notes and and then finding them and uploading them and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, exactly. But it was, yeah. anyway, it's there. It's good. And we will be needing to go through the workflow more, Dave, because of this, but also because if we're going to um, move to a flat file structure on the website. Okay, here is another thing. In order to reduce the bandwidth, uh, we've moved to archive.org, but we also want to uh, reduce the overemphasis on uh, PHP, and, PHP and MySQL. Uh, because every call to the page involves hitting the database. So there's really no need for that. And we can get benefit a lot from caching. So we can't really do a lot of front-end caching now as as a result of every page. Well, we could, but it would be just simpler to have a database in the background 
that we populate. And whenever something changes, it would trigger a change of a static page on the website. It makes everything a lot easier. And those pages could be cached into Git or sent out via rsync so that a lot of the community members could have their own entire copy of the HPR website so that if the project ever goes away or whatever, we have all the media and all the databases and everything that we need, just a simple Git pull away from us. And in order to do that, I'm thinking um, you've been working on the Postgres database and that we have yep. that as the main one. And then when you check that in, that triggers blah, 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 which updates the main database on the HPR website. And then we move to a lot of static files. So long story, even longer is a request to people out there if they have um if people have recommendations for systems that do this and i'm sure i know we've had shows in the past of different python based and ruby based uh ways of doing this type of thing i would love to hear um a show about it and not just a, a fanboy girl version of it but yeah here's my actual experiences here's the things you need to look out for it's expensive it's cheap it's uh, you know processingly expensive it's complicated it's too simple it's you know that sort of stuff just to give us an idea of what direction we should go obviously before we pick a direction this will be discussed on the mailing list but just no harm if people have uh, thoughts about this to record some shows and send them in and mm. talk to us about that yeah, I was thinking this sounds like it could be a show to start a series. Absolutely. Everything can be a series. <laughs> yes, so um, um, I will uh, start re-encoding the shows uh, going back um, to episode one, actually, Dave. And how are you doing the older shows that you don't have the source files for? Well, we agreed when we started to move into that territory uh, that we would that um, the process would grab the MP3 and would send that to archive.org and then let it derive from that. Um, I think we agreed that that was the best we could do given that we only had the MP3, not the original Yeah, flag exactly. That's all we had, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it's doing at the moment. That's that's going to be more of an issue, though obviously we could derive the other ones ourselves with the, with the tags if we if we wished. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, all new shows coming through... Um, uh, we'll have um, the uh, we'll have the shows we'll have the derived content. So I'll probably start with the ones that have been posted in the last ten days to, or the last ten twenty days that are in the queue active now, and get those uh, transcoded and sent to you. So you'll need to push them in, and then mm -hmm. I'll just start by pulling down um, pulling down the files. Uh, any WAV files that there are there and then if there's not a WAV file on archive.org I'll just take the mp3 file from the HPR site and chug through each of them yes yes well um, one thought was that since I have this this workflow for doing the the internet archive stuff really it's possible that one could uh, pull the the mp3 and then do the the transcoding of everything as part of that that workflow. So yeah, maybe we should talk to. about how because that, that that would be something that you or I could could run as we were uploading stuff, older stuff to the to the archive. Yeah. So okay, that, uh, something like that. And there's also wait, mm -hmm. come on, finish. No, I was going to say we've been through more or less all of the any other business stuff, but there was the 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 um, hosting and donations issue that we were going to talk about 
Yeah, but you haven't finished. Had you finished? No, uh, because I was thinking something I've been thinking about as well is uh, increasing the distribution. So there's uh, hello, still there? Yep. Yep. Uh, There's a um, there are other platforms that we could send to, like SoundCloud allows you to put uh, so many days, so we could post up to there, and then uh, the ones would drop off. And we could also one thing that I've been wanting to do has been post videos to YouTube and Facebook and I think Twitter are doing videos now as well. You know, those other places. Um because there's a large audience over there that um would be uh would be into that. So when I was rewriting the the, the workflow I was looking at um some options for how would you make our essentially boring audio into an interesting show uh that would have a visual element towards it. And one of uh, one of the options that I had was we would start with a, a flash banner that uh, Richard Quirin did for us. You know, the HBR logo with a splash mm-hmm. of color. And then we would have a, uh, we, you know, the, the text to speech intro thing would do uh, would also be just translated onto a burnt in uh, slide you know, the show and what it's about and the summary. Um, the icon of the, the picture of the of the host that's doing it, that sort of thing. And then um, some stuff about HBR, uh, the intro. And then um, for the show itself, I was thinking of just a static uh, HBR logo with an oscilloscope. And in the oscilloscope was the frequency distribution of the person talking in the show. And then leave space at the bottom for the... Um, turn annotations on so that Google can do its text-to-speech thing, and then we get the transcripts of the show, um, which, you know, we could get people to go back and help out with. The other Mm -hmm. option I was thinking of was... So that actually works quite well. That's fine, but there's quite a lot of encoding involved in it, but okay, fine. Um, The other option was I have a frame buffer thing where I can take a a print off of the website um, and then scroll down the we- um scroll down the website during the show at the same speed of the show so i'm not sure about that either but you are contextually aware of the content aren't you in the show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then i was well, thinking after spending hours actually doing that and having ffmpeg uh pan from the top right down to the bottom then it struck me well youtube has the youtube and facebook both have the facility to put it in the show notes so you know, what's the point in having the show notes on the you know burnt into the images even yes 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 okay okay well well obviously no you know more about this than i do so I don't well have a actually if anyone has any ideas about ways to to do this uh, to you know if you've got an audio file what should we put as playing in the on the on the video file is it just enough to have the hbr logo there or uh should we try and put the show notes up in some form or another that's essentially it and what's... Well, on youtube uh, which i'm most familiar do know of their logo on the image but youtube lets you post a show notes under yeah exactly so uh, while it's cool and all to have an oscilloscope with the frequency distribution <laughs> is it just a waste of time when you know a one image video will uh yeah. be just a lot easier anyway if if people have comments that would be awesome uh let me see are we finished with the open issues gitlab not sending email i don't know if that's still sorted 
I don't believe there are any any problems. Uh, I'm certainly getting an email from GitLab every time there's an issue change. So, um, when you create an account, though, are you getting an email? I tried that and it didn't seem to work. Know. Okay. So we'll have. I a, thought I thought it was a universal issue of, of GitLab not sending mail, but maybe there are there are still some uh, some corner issues there. And uh, on safely redirecting episodes to archive.org, we had a issue reported by um, uh, Hammeron and about iTunes not working. Now, I've checked, I've contacted uh, him or her again, and uh, I asked a colleague to check in iTunes on the Mac, and that plays fine, it redirects, and it plays the archive.org uh, thing. And I checked in a virtual uh, Windows virtual image, and iTunes also worked as well, it redirected without issue. So I'm trying to see, in both cases, this was new additions to the feed. So I'm just trying to get confirmation from him as to, or her, what um, what uh, sort of OS or version of iTunes or what feed. Maybe uh, they're using an older feed or something. So just trying to get more information, basically. Yep. Or if anybody listening has iTunes or has an old uh, PC with iTunes on it and that has subscribed, um, can you turn it back on and see if there's any issues with the feed? We'd appreciate that. That'd be cool. And then the last one was how best to make donations uh, to HPR. So we had uh, suggestions was a PayPal address, uh, Patreon, um, uh, a hidden product link, which... Uh, he's put up a donations plugin and uh, this is for jo- Josh who's given us a, a fairly extensive amount of uh, bandwidth and stuff so um, uh, the last one I asked him to do was LibrePay as well which is since the uh, Patreon thing has become a, a quite interesting uh, option, it's all Libra software and works on the uh, it's I've actually gone through, I've emailed the guys to see if there's anybody available for an interview, but they haven't got back to me, but that's kind of obvious at this time of year. So, so Patreon, uh, they realized they made a huge mistake and have reversed course. Yes, but as Tattoo says in the press release, they only uh, put a pause in it. They didn't uh, reverse course. They just uh, didn't go forward. There's no, um, there's no guarantee that they will. Whereas with this LibrePay thing, at least this, all the software is open, and uh, if they go away, well, we can take this offer and uh, continue. But now, our, yeah, um, I, I wanted to mention it because I was one of a number of people that went and canceled all of my Patreons, did that. Yeah, as did I. <laughs> and uh, I, I have put them back because my understanding is that the many of the creators I support, that's how they get there. So I assume for Libra Pay, the creator would have to go and set up. A- yeah, as well. Yep. So, well, what I've done is uh, I've canceled, and I think I'll do as you said, uh, reopen again. But I'm going to. Uh, I've also asked the content people that I I support ask them to set up an account on LibrePay. I mean, mm-hmm. you set up an account and you can have your money there and you can just check it out and you get hit with fees how often you, uh, how often it takes out. So no harm to have a backup. Nope, nope. And if uh, if Josh sets that up, I may go over. I, I did make a one-off donation a few days back, happy to with Libra. Up he, a month 
he allows a uh, he's setting up a secure at anhonesthost.com forward slash cart dot php question mark gid equals 17 and that brings up a uh, page where you can uh, donate 10 dollars one time or ten dollars uh on a monthly basis twenty dollars one time twenty dollars monthly or five dollars one time or five dollars monthly so um yeah need to do that as well it'd be just handy to support uh, his hosting costs of hbr and you're supporting the other bin rev projects as well excellent idea yeah um and then there's uh there are other fees associated with hbr as well so uh like uh, domain registration and uh, paying for the mumble server and stuff. So we'd like to thank the person who uh, allows <laughs> allows us to do that. Um, that's um, Stank pays for the .com. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife graciously allows me to pay for the other ones and the mumble server. So um, there you go. I'm looking at her here now. <laughs> well, as you should. So uh, switch to EA module taglib no longer supported on cPanel. So I think we're up to date on the issues. Anything else that we had in any other business? There was the issue of uh, we're now using archive.org uh, to a much larger extent since we're redirecting all our audio that way or our feeds that way. So and they're currently having a funding drive where if you if you contribute, they have a, a generous supporter, as they put it, who will match donations three to one. So if you give them $5, it becomes 20 So Whoa, uh, cool. Yeah, um, I'll do that if now. If anybody would be – I put it in the – I put the links in the um, any other business part of the, the show notes for this show. Cool. So – Great, and okay. I'll uh, mention that tomorrow on the uh, HBR 24-hour, 26-hour show, the extravaganza. That is my excuse to be out in the back room pottering around the whole day. <laughs> Oops, my wife's here and has just oh, seen right. that. <laughs> I love you too, dear. Okay, I'll also be doing family time. Yes, <laughs> yes, dear. Anything else, yeah. Kevin? I just did an archive uh, donation while we were online here. Excellent. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, they're wonderful. Good. So um, the only other, where do you want to go to now then, Ken? Um, we should do the comments that we missed. Oh, we should have done the comments first, Dave. Well, we don't have to stick to the same order. So oh, I thought you, you were being, you know, it you were being you in, inventive and... Uh, and, and uh, Spontaneous. <laughs> Spontaneous. <laughs> Yarp. Well, yeah, shall someone, we go to... Someone discovered uh, Dave's show from last year. Yes, yes, indeed. That's right. Actually, yes, last uh, last November. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, um, uh, I'll start, shall I? Yep. Two, show two one six three, which is me doing one of the York series. Ron Strelacki, who we've we've heard from uh, as well elsewhere, said about that episode. Love the episode and the series. I think that in your hello world example that demonstrates the FS built-in variable. That's the field separator. The character you should not be a comma, but rather something distinct like a pipe or some other character that does not have a different context in language. I understand that typically FS will be switched to a comma, if anything, but as the print statement uses a comma for different function, it can be confusing. And he gives the instance of, of the the uh, example I used and, and how how to, to... It might be a good idea to alter it. So... Um, uh, I might as well do my comment. Yeah, well. sorry. I now I've, now I've launched. So I said, thanks for the comment. And uh, when I wrote this example, it never occurred to me that it could be confusing. But now you pointed out, yes, it is. Uh, 
think I was keen to show that the minus f on the command line is the variable f as in the script. Having just shown an example of uh, minus f with quotes around it, just continued uh, a comma with quotes around it, just continued to use it. I was also keen to make it clear that the comma in the print statement is where awk puts the contents of OFS output field separator. So I guess I lost sight of the example in my enthusiasm, smiley face. I will consider modifying these notes in the light of your suggestion. So do you want to do his uh, reply? Yep. Um, he says, I think if you put that as your suggestion in the notes, that inside a print statement, awk interprets a comma as OFS, then that will be perfect. When learning any language, context variation is a consistent bugaboo. Wait, why does a semicolon mean one thing here and something entirely, uh, entirely, something else entirely there? So doing it deliberately and then pointing it out is definitely beneficial. And point out the internal workings of the language. Yeah, got a very good point. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's very constructive feedback. I haven't changed it yet, but I will. Uh, I will do that when I get. Yeah, a but second. do you reference it in the show though? Because then if you make reference to it in the show and the show notes don't reflect it, then that could be a well, problem. I'll need, to, I'll need to check that. But uh, I could always uh, put it in as an addendum to say uh, this might be confusing, so this is what it means, just to enlarge on it a little bit. Absolutely. Or something Clint. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do the next one? So this was uh, Orc 2184, it's GNU Part 5 by B. Yeezy. And uh, we had... ZZ or ZZ perhaps uh, saying please do something about your sound quality it's just painful to listen to constant pops, clicks, squeaks and booms etc. And I replied with a lecture Hi ZZ, I had to listen to this show again and the context came through loud and clear. Sure there are some artifacts in this show but if you listen to other shows from BZ you'll see that is not typical for his setup. We all have a bad audio day but I would prefer to get the audio uh, for to get shows that are imperfect over not getting perfect shows. Our golden rule is any audio is better than no audio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time to comment. But we are always interested in hearing from our listeners. Perhaps you should do a show and tell us about your tech history and any other story like uh, as long as it is of interest to hackers. So the old, uh, yeah, I, had, I, I did have a listen to the show and it's, um, yeah. But we we have a golden rule here, Dave, as you know. Yes, yes. He he'd, he'd had a a problem using a particular microphone, and he hadn't realised it was uh, it was quite so so bad when it came through. So uh, yep. yeah, You're these things there. happen, as there. you say. Yep. So the next one was a comment on another of the shows I was involved with, two two nine seven more magnitude favourites, which I did with um, Andrew Conway McNallow. And RTSN added a comment, good stuff. Just wanted to say thanks for this. I really enjoyed the episode and some of the music. I find it kind of hard to find new music, so this is pretty great. So uh, I pointed Andrew to this, and he was pretty chuffed that we, we got a, a comment so long. <laughs> it's a, such a several months after the event. So yeah, it but it's, that's the thing about HBR, and uh, we touched on it last year, but it is so different doing this uh, HBR compared to uh, what I do in my day job, that everything is, you know, modern and it's going to be fast and we need to churn through stuff. Here, you need to be prepared for your stuff being available 12 years after the fact. 
you know, it's, we're, we're still getting comments, you know, from 12 years ago and you go, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah cool. Fair Plus, enough. Yeah. It's the whole archive problem. It's a uh, slow net is what we are. Well, yeah. Not slow net, but uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm very pleased that it still exists. Yeah. It's, that's cool. And all comments, all comments cheer up your day. It's always great to get feedback. Uh, and my bill says it's alive. Well, it's been a long time, but I thought I'd just pop in here to give you a little closure. The motherboard sat on a shelf here for months, uh, and I realized it probably would I would never probably use it. This is the one where he took a motherboard and he got it from his friend. He fixed all the caps and then um, was missing something and then left it. And then that was the end of the show and we never found out. And at the time... Um, uh, at the time, was it John Culp says he wanted to know what would happen, I think. Anyway, carrying on. So I brought the motherboard and CPU over to the lug and gave it to a buddy, Rusty One. Today I got this message from him. It's a lot. Excellent. And John Culp says, do you want to read that one? Yeah. Yes. So the, the last bit of that was, there you go, the cat repair work. John can stop staying up nights wondering. And John Culp replied, insomnia. Phew, thanks, Bill. I still have trouble sleeping, but at least it's not because of that motherboard, smiley face. Nice. Um, on, on the last episode, I commented to end my bill, I'm all set, as in I got, a, uh, I got the PCB for doing uh, his thingy. And... Unfortunately, there are three surface-mounted components in it, and my gosh, are they small. But, that said, since I posted this, I found a video of somebody doing a big Clive-type build on one of these, and the only thing that I needed was some really thin solder, which I managed to find. So tomorrow, I am planning on doing this. Ooh, good luck, good luck, Mm, yes. Live on the 24-hour show. (laughs) Which you will have heard by, there, there by the time video you hear this. It'll be yeah, too late. YouTube. <laughs> ah, that will be wonderful. Yes, I, I also have a surface mount component device sitting here that I've been a slightly reluctant to, to set the soldering on to. I tell you what, we can, some... we can do it together, Dave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll nip over your way and uh, bring and this, the soldering out. This is small. Yeah, this board, I think, cost me around uh, 50 uh, my wife, thankfully, is listening to some music, so she wants her to... Oh, she's just taking off her headphones. To to do this, I decided that I'd get a new soldering iron because the soldering iron I had was crap. So that was 25 euros. And then I was thinking, oh, I can't even see some of these things. So I bought uh, three different magnifying glasses. I got them for my birthday. So this is turning out to be the most expensive component tester ever. <laughs> and it's still oh, not be, connected. You'll use them more. You'll use them yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so oh, that soldering excuse. iron is such a joy to use. Oh my god, which, the difference! Which one have you got? Which, you know, the one you, you got? recommended. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's and much it heats up than... so fast, and yeah. you just yeah. put on the solder. It touches it, and it boom instantaneously. Oh, really? The the last soldering iron I had was absolutely terrible. This temperature controlled one. It's only around $25. If you're buying a soldering iron at all, get one of these. It's absolutely cool. And I got loads of nibs and stuff as well. So I'll be trying out some of them tomorrow as I try and solder this thing. Cool. Well, I said I was going to do it tomorrow many, many times. But okay, moving on. So amateur round table number three, various hosts. Comment by Ken Fallon. Um, this is the visualization of waves. Uh, the Freak Labs have a 
uh, thingy to show you how what waves look like, and it's really cool for. I was struggling in that episode to visualize what a wave looked like and how it went through, and they have some very good a- animations. So uh, when I collect these, I'm putting them as addendums to that show note, to that show, so that uh, there will be a collection of this information over time. Mm, very good. I have to say I haven't checked that one out yet, but I certainly will do. It looks uh, looks like it could be good. So the next well, next comment was to 2417 Transmitter Crusoe, which was JWP's show, um, and it was from Busy Busy, said a different time. You brought back a lot of old memories when you mentioned Transmitter. I thought it was a unique potential game changer in the CPU market, but it but it no push to be what? It I can't pass no push. Yeah, it it didn't Maybe. achieve what was expected to break yeah. into the monolithic market forces at the time. Bummer, he says. Thanks for sharing your find, the story, and that it still works. Smiley face. I think a lot of it is down to timing. Sometimes innovative things that come through, like the N900, for example, um, it's just not the time for it, and it takes a while. And then the, the AMD processor comes along and essentially does, well, it doesn't do the same, but it is a lower power. Uh, it's tapping into the same sort of um, same sort of need or, yeah, purpose, selling point, I guess. And then yeah. it goes off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shame. It's a shame that there's many, many very interesting things that have gone by the wayside for no good reason other than the... Yeah, the wind was in the wrong direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Had uh, the next one. There's a lot of comments this month, Dave. It's a new comment system. Yes. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm guessing. Well, now we're encouraging people to do comments, as before we were always like the comments. Uh, Netbooks keeping an old friend alive by Biza, and this is uh, by Gum Gumnos. Uh, Netbooks and lightweight OSs. I've got a couple of netbooks, and I've found that the BSDs, particularly OpenBSD, but also FreeBSD and NetBSD, run quite nicely on them. I also run Debian Stable on one, and it's pretty uneventful experience, which is what you want. That's good to know. So the next one was on the Kickstarter post-mortem by Kla2, 2422. Busy, busy again. Kickstarter revisited. He says, "I noticed that you mentioned that you're not a salesman and described a person you knew that was a great was great at creating hype about a product about a product which may go against your personality. But I would say that to get best results from other people's stories about any Kickstarter-like service is to have a prototype ready to go. It shows that you have something besides an idea and some direction." which is why you need the money to bring it into production. I don't like selling either, but if you believe in the game idea, had a prototype, rules, card, layouts, etc., then the idea will sell itself. People will see value in, in the what you are trying to achieve, thus you're not selling anything, but creating something people want to bring to fruition because it intrigues them as much as you. I just wanted to bring another perspective. Ideas sell themselves because people see value in it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. That one has uh, been quite an interesting the number the the feedback on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite an art to 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 get a Kickstarter to work, and if you don't fully appreciate that art, then you know I guess you could easily fail. Um, but yeah, I, I do sympathise with Clatu's stance on this. I don't think I would 
really know how to how to play it and be reluctant to to do the the salesman type thing personally but uh, yeah interesting that's the last comment by the way uh, from the previous month's shows earlier yeah. earlier shows so what are these other two information underground control thing they have um, they they're from last month yeah yeah if you look at the <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've already be, done them. People yeah, are yeah. going. We've already done them. Yes, yeah, people are yeah. going to be so amazed that we talk about this every every week, every month. It's <laughs> a thing. It's tradition now. Do something three <laughs> times in a row it becomes a tradition. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're using a text form, whereas on the website I coloured them in green as uh, with a note saying "Don't read this." But in the text version, I didn't do that. <laughs> anyway, it was fun. It was an interesting interlude. Okay, I think we're done here, folks. I need to uh, I need to up the number of people on the Mumble server and change the links on the website before I go. Okay. All right. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public <laughs> Radio. Radio. Join us now and share the software. <laughs> You'll be free, hackers. You'll be free. Thanks, Kevin. All righty. See you tomorrow. Bye. Probably. See you later. Yeah. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.